Awesome. He is good. Yes. He yeah. is good. So good, Lord. So good. So good. It's good to see all your shining faces here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if y'all get a view from where you're at, but you see these little kids dancing up here? They were just twirling. That was so cool. <laughs> they were in sync. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. You know, while I was watching the kids dance here, I just got tickled inside. And I, in, my, in my heart of hearts, I knew the Lord was here dancing with them. And he was very, very pleased. You know, sometimes kids come up and they show off. It doesn't make any difference to Jesus. He's just happy that they're happy in his presence. And he's happy when we're happy in his presence. <laughs> So Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, look at all these pastel colors. <laughs> I didn't get the memo, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Don't clear your throat in the microkill. Awesome, guys. Um, just a couple of things to remember. April 18th, we have Joel Powers coming, and he's bringing a team of Bethel students. Uh, if you're familiar with Bethel, they have a school, and they kind of take their kids around, and they're not kids, actually, they're adults, but the, the adults that are in their school, they take their students, that's what I'm looking for. They're kids, yeah, that's true. Kids, kids, yeah. And so they'll be here, and I believe he is bringing a team of students with him, so that'll be cool. Um, April 25th, we are doing baby dedications and baptisms, so if you want to be on that list, please let me know to sign up for that. Also on the 25th, after service, we're having a crawfish boil. How many crawfish? How many crawfish people here? Yes? I have never had crawfish, actually. This will be my first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all may want to get that on video. I don't know. <laughs> Depends. <clears throat> so I think the only thing I have to say before Chris comes up here. Oh, actually... Kids, I have been forgetting to get kids. Kids, can you guys stand up, please? Look at all those kids. You guys are procreating here. <laughs> all right, Miss Awesome Lydia, you ready? Yes. All right, kids, follow your teacher. Be good. Learn something. <laughs> and be good. One more time, amen, be good. And I think the only thing I just want to say before Chris comes up here is that, you know what? He's risen, guys. This is the day that we celebrate that he's risen. So as we listen to this message, let's just remember that. Listen from that standpoint that he's risen. All right. <laughs> huh? Offering. Psych, I'm not done. <laughs> um, we do this little thing we like to call offering. There's a number up the screen, I think. It's not on the screen. It already went. See Sarah about that number. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have an online giving app or just online giving if you want it. I think there's a number, which is? 84321. You guys are giving. Look at that. Good stuff. <laughs> 
that's the number. Um, or there's offering baskets in the back, and I believe there's envelopes. I believe we have it on screen now. Yes, Sarah is the girl. So offering. She's slacking today. All right, I'm going to get this mic to Chris. I probably forgot something, but I'll cover it. <laughs> no, actually, I won't cover it because if I do, then I get in trouble. Psych. Shouldn't have said that. Man. I'm, I'm learning. Man, he is risen. We can't say it enough. Amen. He's alive. Um, man, I thought for a, a little bit there about going um, real old school, and um, man, we used to do these, um, um, in Spanish you call them a corito, it's like all these little, these little songs that just continue, to, you know, that bunch of them run together and all that, and um, it was uh, all these songs about he's alive, alive, alive forevermore, my Jesus is alive, amen, and there was all these other, you know, just like seven or eight songs that went together, and um, uh, but you know I I didn't so sorry, uh, <laughs> that's that's all more old school. Um, man, I'm trying to find my. Sometimes I love technology, and sometimes I absolutely want to chunk it out the window. Um, where? Okay, never mind. We're just gonna move on without it, and I have my notes, and boom. Um, I'm not playing a game up here, but I can't find my deal to change the time when it locks, so I'll have to be pushing this a whole lot, or I'll have to unlock it. So, not playing a game. Don't play no games. Yeah. Man, it's good to be in this house. Amen. It's good to be together. It's always good to be in this house, but what's cool is that we get together as a family, right? Because uh, if you don't know, um, and welcome everyone on Zoom who's who's hanging out with us today. Um. Core church is really, um, our core belief is that family is what the kingdom of God is all about. It, uh, I love our good friend Dub Alexander, that quote that he says is, um, the kingdom of God is familial in nature and governmental in structure. And that is absolutely true. Uh, it's all about family. And um, that's what we are pursuing wholeheartedly after is we want to see um, healthy, uh, well families in our community around us. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's all about that for us. Um, we, um, a few years ago, we started uh, really diving into a lot of stuff about kingdom and just having our religious mindset broken off of us and pursuing what that looked like. And uh, we were doing some um, we actually sat down and went through a couple of, of, of books and classes uh, about um, how, to, how to really hear God. And, um, you know, God speaks in all kind of ways. Uh, amen? And so we sat down and we said, you know, what is it that we're trying to do here? Like, I mean, what is it? And we had this, um, this phrase that we, we felt like the Lord was giving us was that we... We simply are a, a people that um, we want to hear his, learn to hear his voice so that we can do his will so that we can change the world around us. 
we don't want to tell anybody what they need to do. We don't want to go down here and tell the neighborhood, you can't get no tattoos. We don't, that's stupid. We don't want to do that. Sorry. Um, we want to show them the love of the Father. Amen. And so we're not looking to change behaviors as much as we're looking to introduce people to who they really are. And so that's, that's what CORE is all about. Um, and that's, that's what we're just trying to do, is we're just trying to learn who he says that we are so we can let everybody around this community here know who they are so we all come together and experience and encounter the Father in a way that was totally intended. Your purpose... Uh, is to um, to extend the heart and the authority of him in the world around you. Whether that's you work at a bank or you work at the grocery store or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a stay-at-home dad or you're, um, you know, the president of the United States. Your, your, your God-given goal in life is to extend the heart and the authority of the Father wherever you are. Man, and that is what the kingdom of God is all about, and that's all we want. And it's Easter Sunday. He's alive. So why are we talking about all that kind of stuff? Because that's exactly why he came. Um, I am not um, a, a um, I've never been good at themes and, and um, oh, it's Easter. I got to preach an Easter message. You remember back in our religious days when we used to say, uh, well, you should treat every Sunday like Easter Sunday. Or, or, or you'd get these real, oh man, these other, these other brothers that were real studied, right? They would study the word and they would say, every day for me is Christmas. <laughs> because I'm so in love with God. And then they'd shake a little bit or something. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? You ever met those guys? Well, I used to, Raquel used to be one of those. No, I'm just... I'm just kidding. I was that way. I used to say that kind of stuff. And the reality is that that used to be from a religious, you know, legalistic, I'm studied, I'm, oh, Jesus, thank you for every day, and this weird kind of religious standpoint. But the reality is that every day is not that we celebrate his birth. Every day that we celebrate that we've come to know him. Because, see, Easter is not about the cross as much as it about as much as it is about what he did through the cross. Because each and every one of us in this place and in this world around us are at different levels in our life with the Father, right? In our relationship with him. You know, there's different even look look at the physical part around here, right? So um Jim and Kathy, how long have y'all been married, if you don't mind me asking? 54 years. 54 years. Yeah. 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 Praise God. Because Kathy should have put him in the grave along. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 Raquel and I have been married, uh, it'd be 30 years in three weeks. And then you have. When I look around, uh, who's, who's, who's been married less than five years? Less than five years. Oh, I think, yeah, you think y'all probably got it, maybe. Gregory, you are not married, sir. Put your hand down. Okay, less than two years. Less than two years being married right here. Uh, okay, less than 18 months. Uh, 
I got you. So we go from 54 years down to, it's actually not even been a year yet, has it? Five months, right? So there. So you see that even in the physical, you got from 54 years all the way to five months, right? So we're all in different aspects of life. I look around, they're all different aspects, right? And so the thing is, is even our kids, right? We have kids that are older. Some of us have grandkids. And, and just like in natural life, there's just different areas that we are in, different aspects. It's the same way in our relationship with the Father. Some of us have, you know, been walking with Him longer. Some of us have different gifts and talents. And some of us may have been walking that road a little longer, but the, the understanding and the relationship with Him may not have been like that. And I'm one of those too. So um, after the train goes by, um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so this morning, um, with that kind of aspect in mind, that he's alive and that, that he's risen and that we're in these different places, but what was the cross really about? Um, what, was it, what was it really all about? I was really blown away uh, this week with some things, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this morning, uh, if you'll turn with me to the book of John, and they'll, they'll put it on the screen. Uh, of course, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to what used to be for me the oh man you don't preach out of that you don't you don't talk about John three unless you're like really pray you gotta fast for like a month <laughs> you fast for a month and and you you know you you pray in tongues for the whole night and then you <laughs> yes sir man I was messed up man. I was so religious, but uh, Jim knows because you recognize it, because <laughs> you, you and me were the same way, brother, <laughs> and I love it. Uh, John 3, so this, I, I would really challenge y'all to go back and, and, and just read from right where Nicodemus comes into the picture, because this conversation that they have right here is is. It's world-changing because what Jesus tells Nicodemus, and, again, and secondly of all, he's just sitting here having a conversation. We tend to think that, uh, or well, and back in my religious days, I used to think that Jesus, in these moments, it, that it was something more than just a casual conversation. But, I mean, Nicodemus came in at night because he was worried about, you know, he was a religious leader. And he just came in undercover, and he gets over there. Sorry, guys. And uh, he kind of sneaks in, sits by the fire. Hey, Jesus. Dude, we know you're from God, man, or you wouldn't do the things you do. But, like, can we talk about this? And Jesus, I think, is just sitting back over there. Yeah, Nicodemus, let's talk about it, man. And, and we have this world-changing information that flows in a casual conversation, right? Uh, we have our, our good friend Austin sitting in the back there, him and his wife and their beautiful little daughter. He is the best friend of our newest son-in-law. And uh, he grew up in Catholic school, and he knows all the stuff, and right? All the, we were talking about that. Like, he even knows why the Catholic Church is set up the way it is. You know, there's actual... There's thought behind the structure of even when you walk in and how things are and the, 
the mannerisms that you do. And, you know, um, my, my family, half was Catholic and half was Baptist, so we never went to church because we couldn't decide, right? <laughs> and my, what, what was interesting is, is we were talking earlier about all that kind of, that the religiosity of it and the structure and the rules and everything. And, um, you know, they used to have to, they know Latin, right? Used to, any of y'all remember back when the Catholic Church was only in Latin? We used to say that, yeah, you saw be in Latin. We didn't know what all that was, except, you know, I can play dominoes better than you can. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. Oh, Amen. Right? That's, that's all we knew. That's what my grandfather used to say. <laughs> yeah. We, didn't, we, we would go with my grandmother every now and then, and that's what it was like. And then if you moved, it was, whoosh. you know, and then, and then we would go, if we went to the Baptist side with my dad's family, everything, you know, he would, he would spit. I mean, man, we just spit. And there was a big wooden uh, uh, pew, and it's like, man, what did the Bible do? Because he would... And everybody was going to hell. You're going to hell. Can we have another stanza? Just as I am without one plea. Right? And then nobody would come. Let's have another stanza. Man, it would just, and it was like, dang. Needless to say is why I have been messed up in my life. See, Jesus never did any of that. He never did one instance of his life. I don't believe was even capable of being that way because of the love and compassion that he had, that he understood. Because he just sat down with Nicodemus and said, yeah, man, bro, let's talk. How you want to understand the kingdom? And they had this conversation and he goes on and I'm going to get to it in a minute why this is a, something I'm sharing, excuse me, on Easter. Or if you're a Nacho Libre friend, Easter's. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Got some Nacho Libre fans. Sweet. <laughs> so we're going to pick it up at verse 14. I'm in the Passion Translation. Uh, and he says, And just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a snake on a pole, for all the people to see and be healed, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up, so that those who truly believe in Him will not perish, but have eternal life, but be given eternal life. So he's, he's explaining to Nicodemus uh, about what's about to take place, right, and why it needs to happen. And so he gets to verse 16, which you all know by heart, I'm sure. And he says, for this is how much God loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but have, but experience everlasting life, right? So in the, in the original Aramaic written out, um, the, the word was that God proved that he loved the world by giving his son. Uh, and then there's another connotation 
in the in the Greek actually of this phrase that they use here, where he says um, uh, in verse sixteen, um, where he says, um, "Who believes in him?" So the the word there that's used, but it actually is to believe into him. Um, where to go? I lost my I lost my note there. Oh yeah, uh, to be, uh, to be, uh, believe into him, right? Uh, and that that phrase there about belief, uh, it can it can list uh, or be a list of several things. Like um, there's a number of components to it: acceptance, embracing, understanding, uh, looking to. So, in other words, anybody that did any of that that believed into the Son of God would have everlasting. Um, peace, everlasting, I'm sorry, I lost my, my thought there because um, that's why I don't look over here, no, <laughs> yeah, everlasting life, sorry, the point about believing into him or believing upon him is because of what he came to accomplish, what he came to fulfill. I did not give Lydia this other passage, but uh, if you'll turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, can you grab that real quick, Sarah? Cool. Let me know when y'all are there. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Everybody there? You got it, Sarah? You're good? Okay. So he says, this is uh, Paul writing, um, so the, the Corinthian church was bound up in a whole lot of um, religious uh, process and thoughts because uh, they, were, they were a Roman city. They, were, they, were, um, they believed in all the different gods and in Greek mythology and all that, and that's who they worshipped. Uh, but there was a big uh, part of the church that didn't believe in resurrection, and that's where you get into splitting off into Pharisees, Sadducees, and a lot of that, but that's separate knowledge. Man, go study it. It's, it's really interesting. But for where we want to go, this is just the background of it. Um, he's talking to them. Uh, he's writing in his letter here. He's like, hey, man, I heard that this was a little bit of a debate, and so he's going to set the record straight here. And he says uh, in verse 1, Dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel. Now, this is very important. Right? Because Jesus didn't come to bring the gospel. The good news is a byproduct. Gospel means good news. It's a byproduct of what Jesus actually did and who he was. The good news, right? What he came to do was to bring the kingdom of God, to bring the authority back to his sons and his daughters. And so it's real clear that we got to understand this. He says, Dear friends, let me give you the clarity of the heart of the gospel that I have preached to you, the good news that you have heartily received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. Listen, a relationship with God has nothing to do with walking an aisle and saying a prayer down here at this altar. It has nothing to do with even coming to a place where you uh, say the quote-unquote the sinner's prayer. Sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. That phrase is not even in the Bible. That is something that 
religion that the spirit of religion created to put people in bondage. Because the, the act of salvation, which salvation, the Greek word is sozo, which means to be whole, healed, and delivered. See, when a person comes to that understanding of what Christ actually did and what God actually wants, that revelation is when you step into the gospel. Do, um, has anybody, anybody in here, like, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, if I were to ask you, do you know of somebody that is absolutely madly in love with you? And don't say Jesus. We all know that. Come on. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> we knew Rebecca was going to raise her hand. But like, like that, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt of someone that absolutely is madly in love with you? Right? Maybe at this time in your life, maybe you don't. But I am more than sure that at some point in your life, you have, you have known that someone just loves you to death, right? My, my grandfather was one of those, loved me to death, in Raquel. Sorry. You know what? Here's my point. Eric didn't have to go through any rituals to let her know. You don't have, there's nothing that anybody did other than love you to let you know that you're loved, right? I mean, we, we knew somebody that used to say that, uh, I think their grandfather, I don't know who this was exactly now, but I remember he said his grandfather told his grandmother, I told you I loved you when I married you, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's just stupid. Like, right? It's just stupid. My point is, is that being loved doesn't require anything. And we've come to think that religion is a form of love, and it requires something. And it doesn't. The connection with the Father is already there. You, whether you come to church or not, whether you, look, whether you pray or not, you're his son. You're his daughter, Period. Nothing will change that. He created you and I before the foundations of the world, and there is nothing that you can do to remove that. The point about salvation is it is you and I coming to the knowledge or the revelation of that. The gospel was not about anything other than what Paul writes right here. He says, for it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are are being saved. Does this make sense? I know that this might, this might be a little out there. Um, and I don't mean it um, rude or, or disparaging or anything like that. I, I'm just simply, I'm sick and tired of religion. I, I really am. It ruined 25 years of my life, and I'm sick of it. I look around and, 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 you know, when I'm out in the, in, in the world and stuff and this, all this stuff that goes on about religion, and that is not what God is like at all. And the point of salvation comes at the moment of revelation. 
of understanding. I know like y'all just did this big outreach on the streets, excuse me, where you're, you know, you're dealing with uh, everybody from gangbangers to prostitutes and pimps and all that. You're not going to, they went out there and they're, they're loving on them, right? They didn't go out there and say, you know, let me, let me get my Bible. Let me, let me right back. Hold still, hold still. I'm going to get you some Jesus. Wow, they didn't do any of that. They just loved on them. And, you know, they didn't go out there and even say, do you have a revelation of the Father? <laughs> I see pink butterflies and golden layers of a bridge to eternity over your back. And No, we're... There's some prophetic people that get into that, right? There's a time and a place for that. What I'm talking about is that they just went out and had a conversation and showed them love. And that's all that God did for us. So, man, all right, everything is set up. Everything is good. Jesus, let's go. Go show them how much we love them. Go show them how much they mean to us. You good, son? Yeah, Dad, I'm good. The night before, he's there and he's, man, Dad, is there any other way that this thing can pass? Or do I got to do this? Nevertheless, your will be done. He waited a little bit. He comes back again. Hey, Dad, man, do I got to go through this? The Bible says that he was sorrowful unto death. Jesus didn't want to go through that. I don't blame him. But his love and compassion to fulfill the plan of God to bring the revelation of the gospel drove him to go to the cross. So much so that he asked a third time, hey, Dad, are you sure? Man, son, I know, I know, but this is the plan. This is the only way. All right, I got it. And like a warrior running for it, he took off. Is that not powerful? Like he did that out of love and compassion, not out of religion. Does that make sense? So back here again, verse 2 says, For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. If you fasten your life firmly to the message that I've taught you, unless you have believed in vain. For I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance, that the Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the Scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold by the Scripture. Then he appeared to Peter the rock and to the twelve apostles. And he goes on to talk about the other things that Jesus did and uh, who he met. And it's all... It's all about what he did and what that brought. It didn't bring a set of rules. He brought bolt cutters to break off chains. He brought bolt cutters that cut prison doors open. He was dead in the ground for three days. His body, his physical body was dead. But 
we know from other scripture that he actually went down and, um, you know, we hear all this, you know, he, he, he had this fight with the devil and there ain't no fight. There wasn't no fight. He walked up and said, hand him over, punk. Que quieres, hombre? Dame las llaves. You know, I, I, I know that's, the man, he went up and there wasn't no fight. Give him over now. Took the keys. I like to think that he front kicked him in the chest, but didn't have to. Gets the keys. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Somebody, uh, I think Dub said, you know, he had to die so that he could conquer death. Right? He had to go through it so he could conquer it. And he did that. And he, ri- he rose up out of the ground, kicked the tomb open, came out, and fulfilled every bit of the prophecies of what God had been speaking. He laid down the whole plan of Father's heart to have a heart connection, not a list of rules. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me this morning? Yeah? Happy Easter? I don't know. (laughs) So now, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 60, we're going to be in 62. I'm going to talk about 61 just a little bit. And we're going to go through Isaiah 62. Isaiah 61 is an amazing passage all about what the Messiah would do when he came. What, what was the plan? What was he actually going to do? Like, what was the purpose? What was the reason? And on and on. And we hear all this amazing stuff in, that, in Isaiah 61. Man, I, I really encourage you to go read it. Go, go read it all and look at what he says. Um, it is one of my life passages. The whole chapter is, is like one of the core of my life and, and some things that God has spoken to me specifically Um, and, um, he has, um, it's where he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, right? To, to set at liberty, the captives to open prison doors. Uh, there's the, oh man, come on, let's just go there. Chihuahuas. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me or wrapped around me because He has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor, uh, to send me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell the captives that you are free and to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. So um, that, um, that line, the good news to the poor, there's actually a, a, a part of the original Hebrew that he's talking about setting minds free. Setting minds, your mindset, breaking it off because we all grow up with a mindset uh, that needs help. <laughs> Amen? Don't look at your spouse. Um, and he goes on to talk about um, the strengthening uh, that comes uh, and what all God's going to do, how he restores the ruined cities, and, and he's talking about you doing that. The rest of the passage is about the, the ministers or the servants of God, and that's you, that's me, amen? Um, amen? Are y'all a servant? Yes? Okay. 
And he goes on to talk about it and, and all that you're going to do uh, and what you're going to accomplish. And then he gets to this Isaiah 62. Now remember, Isaiah is just writing here. He doesn't say, oh, here's chapter 62, verse 1. He's not doing that. He's just, he's just writing what, what Holy Spirit is saying. And I want to I wanna do something here um, because this, I believe that this passage, that these words that we're about to read here, um, they're not just life-changing. They are destiny-altering words. And so, I believe that we're going to see some things change as we read this. So, Father, I just thank you for your word that we are reading already, and we're about to read this passage that is, for me, it's mind-blowing what you've shown me. I pray right now that I would be able to convey what, what I need to convey. But more than that, Father, that Holy Spirit, right now, you would just begin to unlock in our hearts and in our minds of what we need to understand about what you wrote right here, what you said to us. Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew, you good? All right. So... He starts off in chapter 62, and he says, For Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? We're Zion. We're the city. We're the people of God. Amen? So let's just get that established. Right here, he is talking about you and I. Amen? And he's also talking about everybody else, even the ones that don't know it yet. We've got to, we've got to have this understanding that Everybody out there, they're a son and a daughter of God. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. We all come from the first Adam, his sons, his daughters. Is that true? And the problem is, is that some of them just don't know it yet. Right? So let's keep that in mind. They just don't have the, what, what Paul wrote about, the revelation of the gospel. And just in case... There's any kind of stuff that like, you know, I know that right away that, that, that way of thinking ruffles some religious feathers. And I don't mean to offend anyone, but if any, even watching somebody's on YouTube and, or, man, I would love to sit down because there, there are hundreds of more scriptures that he wrote that show that it was about the relationship and not the religion. And I can, I, I would love to sit down and have that talk. So let me get that out of the way. I mean no offense, I just mean for freedom, that's it, amen? So for Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? He says, I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. He's talking about you and I, right? He says he's going to keep interceding until your righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn. In other words, does everybody see when the sun comes up? Me and Roger do, okay. So, just like the sun 
and not just a regular cloudy day. This is the blazing, uh, the blazing light of dawn. We're going to be moving into our house here, hopefully September-ish. And yeah, and when we go down Sleepy Hollow, if we happen to be driving in the morning, oh Lord Jesus, help us. Because that sun comes right up down Sleepy Hollow and you'd have to drive like, I mean, glasses on, visor down, and sometimes I still got to, of course, I'm a little older, so I got, oh, sorry, Jim. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> and just like that, just like sometimes I can't quite look at it because it's so bright, because it's so brilliant, it's so blazing, that's what is supposed to be your life and my life. Is that as I walk around, man, it lights up. I walk into Target, people go, what is that? Yes, I haven't been to Target in a while, but I have no problem shopping at Target. I'm sorry, it, I get it. If you're a boycotter, it is what it is. Sorry. But my point is, is that this is you. You're supposed to be this blazing light of dawn. The thing is, is that you are to the point that you understand that you are. Does that make sense? See, your belief and your thinking only allows you to go so far in your capacity with the Father. He's wanting you to change worlds, and some of us can't see beyond changing our attitude. Does that make sense? So, so Father, begin to work that in us. Show us. We need to understand that we are the blazing light of dawn. And look at this. He goes on. And her salvation, your salvation, is like a burning torch. What is your salvation? That's the part of you that is whole, healed, and delivered. Like, Raquel and I have come a long way, man. We were both. I joke all the time. I say she was really messed up. We were both really messed up. It's been, we've been together 32 years, only official married for 30 we've come a long way. Like there were some serious issues that we had to come into a different way of thinking or we were going to kill each other. We both have sat there and wondered, that'll fit. Yeah. Sometimes I go up to her and I go, ah, and she goes like this, you know, she'll, she'll just go, go ahead. <laughs> she'll stick it out there, go ahead. Ruins my whole thing. <laughs> Feel like those old cartoons, you know, from the 70s. But see, there is a part of us now, as we have come into deeper understanding in our minds, in our hearts, see, our salvation, our salvation not our prayer at the altar, not our little card that we checked, not the email list that we signed up for for the river. None of that changed. Our understanding and our heart changed. And now the part of us that has been whole, been made whole, 
come up a little bit. The part of us that has been delivered, it's come up a little higher. And on and on and on. And our salvation is now exactly what this is. It's, it's like a burning torch, right? And I feel like, so this is just me stepping out a little bit. I feel like for Raquel and I, the steps that we've taken in the last five years in our life, I would, I would use the analogy that my thinking and her thinking and our, our understanding and our, our, is only allowing, allowing the capacity maybe to fill up this room with, with the burning torch of our salvation when he's trying to reach the city with our torch and yours. What is your capacity? I look around at some of y'all, and I mean, I'm like, dang, man, y'all are bright. But you still don't know how bright you're supposed to be. And that's not a negative, right? That's not a, oh, you just don't know. <laughs> shame, shame. No. It's just, man, you're not there yet. I can't wait for the next step. Amen? Because the deeper you go with the Father, the brighter the torch, the brighter the blazing, radiant sun of the dawn of your life as you walk around and release or share or show the kingdom of God. Because when you do that, you're extending His heart and His authority. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Man, we need, that's verse 1. Sorry. <laughs> Verse 2, nations will see your victory vindication. What? Nations will see the victory that has been vindicated in your life because you're a son and a daughter. Does that make sense? He says, and every king will witness your blinding radiance. Kings are authorities and rulers. They have position. Well, we don't have any kings these days. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Your boss at your job is a position of a king. Nobody agrees with that. Okay. Like it or not, our president is a position of authority, a type of a king. Our congressman... Our leaders, the police officers, right? Mayor, city council, all those people. They're going to see and witness your blinding radiance. You will be called by a brand new name. This is the part that I wanted to really focus on today. Um. You will, now remember, this is all after Isaiah 61 where he's talking about now I'm still praying for you after you've been set free, you know, to use the old country word, you've been bona fide, right? You've been set up for goodness. You've come into the knowledge and the understanding and boom, he says, I'm still, I'm, I'm still interceding for their salvation, for their life, and on and on and on. And he goes on that it's going to continue to grow. And he gets to this part and he says, You will be called by a new name, given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. Yahweh is another name of God. It's in one of his names in the Hebrew language. 
He says, you're going to be called a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Yahweh. And you, you, will, be a be- you will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh. A royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of your God. You will never again be called the abandoned one. Nor will your land be called deserted. But you will be called, my delight is in you. And your land will be called, my beloved wife. For Yahweh finds his delight in you, and he married your land. As a young man marries the young woman that he loves, so your builder sons will marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. Now let's, let's back up for a second because, see, the point that I really want to make today on Easter Sunday, we all know Jesus didn't come for religion. He didn't die on that cross so that we could check a box or punch a clock. He died to give you a new name. He died to actually give you the name that Father saw you as all along. He died on the cross, which we talk about being a bridge from us to Father, right? We always talk about that. He he. He, he closed the gap, and there's all these amazing analogies, and they're all very, very good. But at the core of what he did was to give back the authority that was given away when Adam and Eve messed up. And that was the keys to the kingdom. And in that, you and I come to the place and the position where we learn who we really are, because... <laughs> he came to unlock the prison doors and to set captives free. He came to bring the freedom from what this world does to us and around us. He came to bring that freedom of the reality of what it is to live for him and with him and walk with him in his kingdom. And to share that out here. See, um, I, I've used, I'll use my life as an example. Um, I grew up, uh, I mean, a lot of y'all know my story. I've never done any drugs. I've never done anything worth getting arrested for or anything. I wasn't that kind of a kid or a person, whatever. Um, even though I did this to Raquel, I would never really do it. And in all of my life, it was all about, I was always, I always, I always had an understanding that I was rejected my whole life. Now, my family would not see that. They wouldn't think that, right? But if I was able to sit down and explain different things to them, then I think they would, but they would never say that. And I always strove for perfection because when I did good, when I worked harder than everybody, when I, when I got the best grades, when I got a full scholarship, like it was, man, that's, that's, that's the boy, that's my boy, you know. But my whole life was built around an idea of rejection. 
because of all these other aspects. And I've shared that before. And if, if you want to know, we can go have a ribeye at Mia's. Um, and that affected me in my way of thinking, which affected the way that I lived, which affected the way that I reacted, which affected the way that I viewed things, which affected the way that I was towards people, towards my wife, towards my kids, and on. And I could sit here and I could go on and on and on. And although my physical name never changed, the moment that I understood the gospel, the moment, I'll never forget, I cried out in the shower at 12 years old. Mom and dad were getting divorced. I, I didn't, I, it was horrible. I cried out in that shower. And from that moment on, I was on a road where I had called out. I, I knew that God was my answer. Turned 17, and we're sitting there and getting, you know, we used to call it, you got witness to. Somebody comes up with a Bible, and they lay out all these scriptures, and it's like, man, it all just hit me. Just, it just hit me. And I knew these things were true. And that night, I knelt down at a couch at Raquel's mom and dad's house. And I didn't know what to do or say. And I just, I just told God, I said, God, I believe what that guy showed me. And so I want you in my life. And it was at that moment, even though I was stuck in some religious way of thinking, at that moment, the revelation of the gospel hit me in my head. And from that moment on, I began to do things different, to see things different. Why? Because he was doing this work. The revelation of the gospel had come into my life. And at that moment, the Bible tells us that at that moment, when you come to that knowledge, Paul says in that moment, you are instantly changed. At that, at that nanosecond of that thought, when your heart and your head line up with him, at that moment there is a transition that happens inside of you, in your spirit man, and it is awakened. And you come to full life and full knowledge. And God and all of heaven rejoices, not because you check the box, but because, oh, he knows he's a son. And that's what happened is all of heaven jumped and shouted, and they said, man, Chris knows who he is. He knows he's a son now. And then we had to do all the work that we're still doing today. Because Ephesians talks about the course of this world, the course of this life, and it had done a, just like all of you, everybody in here has got issues. You got those ways of thinking or whatever that you're still learning. And just like that, I was set on this road where my name, my name went from Chris to son. That's my son with all these talents and all these gifts. And here's where he's going to need help. And here's where this and here's that. The Bible says that he wrote out all of who I am before he ever said, let there be light. And when I step into the revelation of the kingdom of the gospel, when I understand, man, God, I'm your son, it all lines up and I'm instantly changed. The Bible says that the old me is washed away. It's voided out. The word actually means like when you void a check. It ain't no good no more, like my grandma would say. And the old me vanishes away, 
and that instant change is I am the prototype. I am the never before seen except by him. I am the one that has never been duplicated, never has been and never will be. There's only one of me. Raquel says, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And it's that me that is there now. And that is the same exact process that has happened with each and every one of you and every person watching, every person on Zoom, every person out in this world that we live in that has ever come to the revelation or the understanding that what the gospel is. Man, I accept you, Jesus. I love you, Father. Man, God saved me. God is real. God is good. It doesn't matter. However it's said, however it's done, when you make that push, when you make that jump, the change happens. And that's what his word says, not mine. It's what he says. And so the new name that you're stepping into, whoops, technology, so beautiful. We're going to read this again. Verse 2, nations will see your victory vindication and every king will witness your blinding radiance and you will be called by a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. I believe part of your name, names are meant, uh, they give definition, right? So Zoe, it means light, right? I think Sarah means laughter. Princess, princess, that's right, princess. Um, I think Raquel... So in Spanish, Raquel and Rachel are the same thing, but it means lamb, lamb of God. Um, Austin means great. And I think there's a couple more I can't remember. Man, is that true or what, right? That's her name. That's who she is. But here's what I think. So God's messenger what this passage does, because the Word of God never stops, right? The Word of God is active and living, and it always does what He says it will do, and it keeps on doing it. So when He says that you will be called by a brand new name, now He says that on the back of, after saying that uh, you will see your victory vindication, and every king will see your blinding radiance. Remember, all this is happening because He says, I keep interceding for y'all. So the deeper that Angela goes into who she is, the brighter her name stands out. There's a new level to your name of how he calls you. There's a different step that you take as you grow in, if you want to say grow in your faith, as you grow in your knowledge, as you step in with him more, there is a new level that comes to your name because your name determines who you are. And I believe that that's why he says, you're going to get a new, I'm going to call you by your new name out of the mouth of Yahweh. Does that make sense? You'll never again be called, verse 4, you'll never again be called the abandoned one. Anybody ever felt abandoned? Lonely? Disapproved of? I lived that way sometimes in my past. Was, and I still battle that sometimes. Even though I've been set free, there are layers to my freedom some of which I'm not ready to go into yet because of my understanding and my capacity. And so I'm growing. And I'll get to that next level and 
He'll put a stomp on it. And my name, Christopher, will expand a little brighter. Who I am, the definition of me will grow in brilliant radiance because of my understanding. Does this make sense? He goes on, you'll never again be called the abandoned one, nor will you be called deserted. But you will be called, my delight is in you. I am here to tell you today that the cross was all about you being able to understand that his delight is in you. It's actually not something that, that he calls you. It's actually who you are. You are Jim who his delight is in. You are Chris Herrera. His delight is in you. And on and on and on. Oh, and it gets better. <laughs> I love it. You will be called, my delight is in you. I mean, can you think about that for a second? Like in our English language, we don't have a word that makes up that phrase, my delight is in you. We don't have a word for that, right? Not one word, that, just one single word that says, you know, my delight is in you. Um, but that's what he calls us. Like think about that for a minute. That's what he calls us because that's who we are. He goes on, uh, in your land, my beloved wife, and Yahweh finds his delight, for Yahweh finds his delight in you, and he married your land. As, young, as a young man marries the young woman he loves, so your builder sons will marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. I remember the days of religion thinking that God could not wait to smack me with lightning. Anybody else? You remember, you remember that? Like, felt like Elmer Fudd the whole time in my Christian walk. <laughs> I wasn't looking for wabbits. I was trying to get away from the lightning. <laughs> that is exactly it, man. That is exactly it. Christianity Religious 101. <laughs> Jerusalem, verse 6. He's talking to us. I have stationed intercessors on your walls who will never be silent day or night. Now look at this. Look at this next phrase. Because he's talking about you. He says, you reminders of Yahweh. They were doing it today. Sarah and Lydia over here going at it about, about uh, Sophie's nose and her attitude. Right? Sarah, Sarah said, or Lydia is throwing it off on Sarah. Oh, she's got, she got your attitude. And Sarah says, no, she has my nose. And, and Lydia says, when you flare it. 
And, uh, and Sarah, Sarah says, well, yeah, that's because she has my nose. And they're going back and forth, right, about, about Sophie and what she has and what she doesn't and all this kind of stuff. My point is, you look at Sophie and you're reminded of the family. A lot of them then got that attitude. I'm not even going to look right here. I'm going to look over that. See, your sons and your daughters, they don't just do everything that you teach them. They catch a lot of stuff. They're not just taught, they're caught. And a lot of it, you have mannerisms, right, that they do. And we've, we've talked about this many times before. Your kids are oftentimes a reminder of you. And I think it's so powerful right here that he says, you reminders of Yahweh, take no rest. You, you are the reminder of him. Now remember, he's not talking about being in an angelic realm in the heavenly or anything. He's talking about being here on this earth. You are the reminder of Him to the world around you, which is why we are meant to share the kingdom of the Father. That's my son. That's my daughter. Man, look at him sharing my heart and my authority. Woo! Ooh, got a little cracky there. Sorry. You are a reminder of Yahweh. And he says, take no rest. He says, entirelessly give God no rest until he firmly establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of all the earth. He says, man, don't stop bugging him. That's what he says. (laughs) Tirelessly give God no rest. We need to make God feel like some of our moms feel. (laughs) Right? Never mind, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Tirelessly give God no rest until he firmly establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of all the earth. In other words, man, you keep going until he lifts you up enough that you are the praise of all the earth. Man, it's mind-blowing, right? Right? guess not (laughs) verse 8 Yahweh swears on an oath by the authority of his right hand and his in his mighty arm that I will never again give your new grain as food for your enemies nor will foreigners drink your new wine that you worked hard to produce instead you who harvest it will eat it and offer your praise to Yahweh and you who gather the grapes will drink the new wine in my holy courts. Man, it's good stuff. He says, uh, pass through, pass through the gates and go from old to new. Prepare a new path for the people. Build. Build up a highway for them to come to me. Sounds like releasing the kingdom to me, doesn't it? Build up a highway. He says, build. 
Build up a way for them to come to me. Why is he telling us to do that? I thought that was Jesus' job on the cross. Uh-uh-uh. Jesus' responsibility is freedom and build the church. Our responsibility is to release the kingdom and extend his heart and his authority so that others come to him. That's why you got a new name. That's why you're growing in brilliant radiance. That's why you're his delight. Build it. Build a highway for them to come to me and remove every hindrance and unfurl a banner for the nations. See? Verse 11, Yahweh has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Look at that. Yahweh has proclaimed to the ends of the earth, right? He says, tell my daughter Zion, look, here comes your deliverer. See, he's bringing his reward and his recompense goes before him. And they will be called his holy people, the redeemed of Yahweh. And you will be known as those whom God loves, a city not abandoned. There's no name. Um, there's no name or no, no word in our language for all of that. Those whom God loves, a city not abandoned. We don't have a, a single word for that. But that's who you are. Are y'all with me this morning? You see this, what he's saying? You, man, you and I are in the place where the cross aligned our thinking. It gave the ability to align our thinking with our authority, with his heart. Because you and I have been given all authority. Is that true? You and I have been given all authority. You and I have the mind of Christ. We have the solutions to all the problems. Our friend Drew Neal says that we are solutionaries. You're not a problem. You're a solution. That's, what he's, that's how he words it. I'm going to leave you with this, as I say, happy Easter. <laughs> What's happy about it is today there's a change, there's a shift. If you're watching this on YouTube or uh, I see a, a couple people online, uh, if you're watching this right now, or if you're in this room right now, um, there is no religious step you have to take. There's no, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to dump the whole bottle on you. And Shondai and, and, and shake and spit and all that. We don't have to get Adriana back up here and start dancing a jig, and we don't have to do any of that. Although I love all of that. I love dumping oil on people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Today... Right now, no matter where you are, if you're listening to this message, it's not my words that are about to affect you. It's his words. And my hope is, is that what we just read becomes an infection in your life. An infection that grows to the, part that it, to the point that it affects 
everything around you. Because the cross was meant for us to have access to the kingdom. To step back into our full authority. And so today, um, I'm not going to watch The Passion. Sorry. Um, great movie. I watched it twice, and that's enough for me for my whole life. And um, because on this side of the cross, man, it's nothing but the kingdom. It's nothing but freedom. It's nothing but the reality of who you were meant to be, who you were designed to be. And I'm going to read this to you, and I hope you're ready to get infected. Whether, whether you want to or not, these words are going to affect your spirit, man, because they're his words. And I'm going to read this again. He says in verse 1, For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness, which is you, your, until your righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and that your salvation like a burning torch and nations will see your victory vindication right here and every king will witness your blinding radiance. And you will be called by a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. You will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh, a royal crown of splendor held in the open hand of your God. And you will never again be called the abandoned one, nor will your land be called deserted, but you will be called my delight is in you and by your land my beloved wife, for Yahweh finds his delight in you. So this morning, if I could describe the process of what I see in my head of, of how this works. So he's already said these words. Over 2,000, this is, this is Isaiah, this is 20, oh my goodness, now I'm getting my books mixed up, 2,900 years ago or something like that. And he said these words, and they never die, they never quit, they continually go to affect all of us from then until eternity. And so these words are moving they're moving through, through time. They're moving through history. They're moving as they enter your ears and as you're reading it with your eyes. Those words come into who you are. And there is a spiritual, supernatural thing that happens inside of you. Yes, our God is a supernatural God. Amen? He's not just a miracle worker. He, he, just, he just does weird stuff, man. I mean, a, a savior born from a virgin, that just doesn't happen. Or spiritual beings coming in out of the clouds to sing with shepherds. Weird. So in that weirdness, as you read those words or you hear me say them, there is, a, there is something that switches in your spirit, man, there is a part of your soul that jumps because it's his words 
and their life, their very existence is truth. And you're not called abandoned. You're not called deserted. You are not married to desolation. You are married to greatness. You are not called anything other than His delight is in you. His delight is in you. Amen. So would you stand with me, if you don't mind, as we close out? I'm going to pray over you. And... um, Hey, Gregory, I know uh, she's not here today, but could you put that Will Reagan, lay it all down? I think that would be what I was hearing, just kind of just kind of low. Um, we don't do that to woo on your emotions or anything like that. We do it to give you some comfort if you need it. If you want to come down to these altars and, and just sit with, with Dad, like Nicodemus did, if you want to stand up here and lay out of the altar, it's whatever you want to do. You want to sit in your chair and just soak it up. I'm going to pray over you. And, um, and then we'll dismiss. And if you need prayer for anything specific, then we're, we're here. You just got to come up and grab us. You know, we don't pry into anything. But what it is, the process that I had in my head, I'm sorry, I started to go there and I rabbit trailed. (laughs) See, these words come in and there's deeper understanding and revelation that starts to happen inside of you supernaturally. Things just start to happen and you start to think differently. You're at that red light out there at Walmart and, 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 and your thinking about things start to shift. You see a person that's in need and your, your thoughts start to shift. You, you have a thought about someone or something and it, it, it just shifts. Something that you want out of your life that you couldn't really get a hold of before, you now have a different strength to be able to handle that. You feel worry, doubt, what this song is talking about. You, you just There's something different now because there's a newness to your name. There is a newness to you. If you're watching this right now, or if you're in this room, there is a newness about you that the, who you were 45 minutes ago can't understand. Because His Word doesn't return void. And we are speaking these things over you. And you're reading these things. You're taking them in to your inner man. And it changes. Just like that. And so, Father, I speak over every single person in this place, and not to be selfish, but I'm starting with me, Lord, that my, my understanding of who I am because of the cross, because of what you did. This is Easter Sunday that we celebrate your resurrection. You kicked the tomb open. You, you came alive. You conquered death, hell, and the grave. But more than that, God, more than that, Jesus, you brought the kingdom. You gave me and all of us here and all of us watching the authority and the power to connect with the heart of the Father, to be the Son, to have that identity of a son or a daughter. And so, Father, right here, right now, I I declare, as your word talks about, I make a declaration that that is who we are. We are 
the, the son and the daughter whose name is my delight is in him, or his delight is in me. I am his delight. That's the declaration of who we are. But Lord, now as, a, as your son, I make a decree in this moment that every person here right now that hears this, that you would begin to open up those pathways in their thinking where they, they hear you much clearer, where they, their, their thinking of who they are changes and elevates so that they can become that blazing radiance that they already are that they just don't see. So Lord, I pray for a shift in everyone's perspective, in their thinking, in their understanding, Lord. I decree and make it so with my words, Lord. I speak this over them. You said that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. And so I speak life on the new name, or I should say the newness of their name, as what you said in Isaiah 62. I'm not making it up. That's what you said. So, Lord, I just decree that there is shifting happening in our perspectives and in our hearts all over that can hear right now. Father, we thank you so much. I, I, Lord, I just thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I, I am asking you to bring greater insight to each person here throughout the day, throughout the week, wherever they go, wherever they are, man, even at the red light, cooking dinner, man, Lord, even changing a diaper, that there would be this, this better understanding, Holy Spirit, of who they are as your son and daughter, because that's why the cross was so important. That's why you rose from the grave. So that I could step into who I'm meant to be. And I thank you so much, Father. You are so beautiful. We love you, God. We look forward to the next time that we meet together as family. And God, we give you all honor and all praise. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. And amen. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything specific, then uh, I would ask you just to come up here on, on this side over here at the altar and we'll just come and pray with you. If you're online and you need prayer for anything, just, just type it in on the chat. Um, we love you all so much. Happy Easter. And just, just be you. Be the delight of the Lord. Amen. If you want to hang around for a little bit, Gregory, you can bring that up just a little bit, just a little. If you want to sit here and soak in that good music, man, you know, your family. Just make yourself at home. If you need anything at all, please come and see us. We love you all. God bless.